Hello and welcome to another episode of Farm to Table Podcast KE. I'm your host Wamboy and on today's episode we have quite an interesting guest. We speak of Grow Father, an organization that seeks to revolutionize the way that we approach funding for agricultural science innovations. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Peter Kelly, and I am the founder of Grow Further, which supports uh, agricultural research in developing countries. My mm. professional background is as an agricultural economist, and I also have training as well as some practical experience in agricultural science. Great. Thank you for joining us, Peter. Um You've done a great job of introducing yourself so please tell us a bit more about Grow Father um the origin story how did you get into the work that you do So I was um I was actually a market gardener as a as a teenager I grew mm-hmm. up in the United States a child of a college professor Right and uh I I sold tomatoes to restaurants Mhm uh, it was actually it was small but it was a uh, profitable inter- enterprise right. but it actually would not have been a success mm-hmm. without a new technology and that was a new variety of tomatoes that was both higher value in the market mm-hmm. and resistant to disease without without that i would not have been successful so i understood the importance of agricultural innovation to smallholder growers from mm-hmm. an from an early age right and then i um and then i went on to study agricultural science in in college mm-hmm. and i wanted to be an agricultural scientist myself and breed rice that millions of farmers could grow and improve food security and that type of thing. Right. And it turned out that I didn't have quite the right skills to do that. I was not really good in the lab and my skills were actually a better fit for economics. Mm-hmm. So I went on to get a PhD in agricultural economics, uh became an economics professor in uh in in China right uh, but never but never um never forgot um about about food security mm-hmm. and came to realize that it wasn't just me but other people were interested in contributing to food security as well but they didn't have quite the right they didn't have quite the right skills to mm-hmm. be a, to be a full-time professional in the field and there right. was no way to get involved so mm-hmm. you could you could contribute to the world food program to uh to contribute to short-term food aid relief mm-hmm. um you could get involved in other kinds of science you could you could volunteer for a medical research study contribute to a medical research charity help NASA look for distant galaxies there's all sorts mm-hmm. of ways to get involved in other kinds of science yeah but there was no way to get involved in the in the future of food of food security mm-hmm. and so i 
uh, left my tenure track uh, position as an economics professor and uh, set about to set about to change that. Wow, that's such an incredible story, and I can relate to a lot of it because I also have also always been interested in agriculture and food security. And I sort of had the same journey where I went to school and I studied horticulture for my BSc bachelor's. And then Uh I studied um, botany for my master's. And then I realized that I also wasn't so interested in the lab and in that research field. But I realized that there was a gap in information because there's a lot of things that are being done, but the people that need that information don't have access to it and that's how i started the podcast farm to table podcast so i I see a lot of similarities in our stories yeah i i can i can see where you're i can see where you're coming from we have some we have some uh, folks on our team who have taken a similar a similar journey Mm -hmm. Um, and i mean it's not just about me this is really about bringing together different kinds of people who have never talked to each other to make this work because agricultural scientists are often not very good at marketing their their work right uh, large institutions can be uh, fairly bureaucratic mm-hmm. so bringing bringing together people who know how to manage an organization people who know how to do marketing mm-hmm. with people who have the technical and and cultural expertise to uh, to, to do the work uh, it, it takes time it takes time to uh, build those, build those relationships, and and bring those and bring those people and bring those people together. Um, but yeah. uh, it's really uh, it's really a great opportunity for people coming in from different angles. Mm-hmm. So not just the members and donors who have a way to get involved in food security that was not the case before, Mm -hmm. but also agricultural scientists who have ideas that might have been that might have been look overlooked um, by a relatively small number of major institutions that that fund agricultural research. And we've talked to a number of agricultural scientists who say Mm-hmm. Yours is the first organization who has ever asked us, right. what do you think needs to be done? Mm-hmm. Everybody comes to us with a very specific, uh, fairly top-down idea, a, a technical, detailed request for proposals, and they ask us to put a round pig in a in a, in a square hole and do mm-hmm. something that we think is maybe not exactly what's what's relevant or what we're most interested in. Right. Um, so um, so that's the that's the other uh, that's the other side to this is the the scientists and and the and the farmers getting getting access to funding for things that are that are really that are really relevant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I again like your your organization really does fill the gap because there is a lot of a lot of good research that is done by the agricultural scientists that never translates to actual results to you know to the to farming and to agriculture so 
can you tell us a bit more about the work that you do now in detail yeah that's definitely that's definitely an issue in agriculture is uh farmer adoption i've i've published on this on this topic mm-hmm. and every, every everything that we do needs to have a strategy for how farmers are actually going to adopt it and that that could be agricultural extension it could be commercialization mm-hmm. it could be more of a passive adoption like incorporating traits into existing seeds uh improving a weather model so that farmers just um just uh listen to the same radio station that they already have right but now have uh better but now have better um uh, access and then doing it in a more bottom up way where we're asking the the scientists and the communities what they think is important also mm-hmm. also helps to make sure that those that those partnerships are in place that can that can take things to that can take things to scale and in some cases our members some mm-hmm. of our members are actually venture capitalists and are interested in uh, uh funding the commercialization of 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 you know of innovations mm-hmm. um so to answer your question about about specific projects um we have not yet made our first grant uh in the field mm-hmm. we have we have a long list of of ex- of exciting projects that were uh that were that were lo- that we're looking at um some of them are cutting edge applications of information technology mm-hmm. others are more like testing of traditional ideas like um veterinary herbs for chickens right. or using anthill soils for for fertilizer and then there's other things that are more along the lines of um software platforms to facilitate uh peer to peer agricultural extension Mhm. Goals. Right. We also have we also have a broader socio-economic goal of engaging people in support of of agricultural science in developing countries mm-hmm. and creating a new financing mechanism that has not previously existed. Just like in the in the private sector if something is too risky for a bank mm-hmm. uh, an entrepreneur can go to a venture capitalist right. and if it's too small for a venture capitalist they can go to an angel investor mm-hmm. well we don't have that in this sector for the future of food security except for a few things that the intellectual property can be easily protected mm-hmm. where the private sector can easily engage right in other in 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 most cases like anthill like the ant using anthill soils as fertilizer there's it's not going to be easy to protect intellectual property on something like that the private sector is probably not going to be very be very interested but it mm-hmm. could it could be important and for a pro- for a project like that mm-hmm. if it's too risky or too innovative for government too small for a major foundation mm-hmm. then it doesn't then it doesn't happen and there's a there's a huge gap that we can that we can that we can fill there mm-hmm. um in in the united states in in particular individuals actually give five times more than foundations 
but they're hardly giving anything in agricultural research right now. So there's right. uh, there's a there's a huge potential to transform the sector on a uh, on a on a socioeconomic level, mm -hmm. as well as advancing particular technical goals. Right, right. So your goal would be to find a way to bring in money to support the the the, the more risky small scale innovations. Then, yes, uh, basically create an innovation financing ecosystem around agricultural research. The way that we have Silicon Valley is an ecosystem mm. that supports uh, the future of the future of information, uh, future of information technology, and. Mm -hmm. The future of food security is at least as important as that and ought to have its own innovation ecosystem. So there are some things that we can do as an organization. Um, mm -hmm. we, can, we can fund specific projects that will help farmers adapt to climate change and things, and things like that. Mm -hmm. But we actually have a, a larger vision than that to really create a, a new category of charitable organization uh, around, around agricultural research around around the world, mm -hmm. and uh, fund ideas that that we might never have that we might never have thought of. So right. uh, we have a we have a newsletter that mm -hmm. uh, connects uh, researchers with folks who are interested in. Uh, in in the future of, of food security mm -hmm. and if uh, if one of our readers connects with an agricultural scientist directly which does happen sometimes mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily go through our organization that is that is great it's uh, a part of a part of part of um, uh, building a movement around this that's that's wonderful and it, it it's a necessity because of all the conversations I've had, uh, one of the biggest challenges that agriculture and food systems face is the inadequate finances. So there are not enough people supporting the industry financially, and that's what's necessary. So I definitely feel like your organization has a, a big role to play, I would say. Yeah, expanding the financing and and also making it better. Mm. Um, uh, there's um, we have we have some of the top experts in food security in among our membership. Mm -hmm. So they're actually some of the same people who work in these major institutions. Right. They've they've learned they've learned through their career what works and what doesn't work, mm -hmm. but they can't necessarily apply it in their own organization for for a variety of reasons. It might be it might be politicized, bureaucratized, mm. uh, have a sort of top-down neo-colonial style um, it could be uh, it could be micromanaged by its own by its own donors uh, who aren't allowing uh, enough to be spent on on overhead and and uh, 
and uh, organizational development. There might be turnover and lack of institutional memory. There's there's all sorts of reasons why an organization might not be as as effective as it as it could be. But that's definitely one of the kinds of people who are who are joining us is. Mm -hmm folks who are actually working in the sector and have gained experience in in major institutions but mm -hmm. for one reason or another have not been able to steer those those institutions in a in a different uh in a, in a different direction and then we're also open mm -hmm. and we have um a number of members who uh do not have a, a, a background in food security and mm -hmm. are here to and are here to learn right. and and then there are um and we have quite a few members uh who are from developing countries and mm -hmm. can can contribute um cultural as well as as well as technical perspectives that's wonderful and you speak about your membership um so could you tell us a bit more about that are you open to is your membership limited to people who you know are financiers or you know what's the the, the sort of what does your membership require what does a member need to do yeah so there are different levels of of, me of membership um the highest level of membership is uh five thousand dollars per year mm -hmm. uh, but there are a number of lower levels of membership as well including student memberships and uh and developing country rates right um which are just uh which are just a few dollars per 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 month so there are there are lots of different there are lots of different ways to engage as a as a member. Uh, mm -hmm. We do have we do have a membership application on the on the website, uh, but there aren't uh, specific requirements uh, like you have to have technical expertise or or you have to um, uh, join at a very at a very high level financially. Great. And um, and what are the do do members get any benefits or your membership should be based on wanting to contribute to the industry yeah so members have opportunity to learn mm -hmm. and network with others through our through our programs uh, we had a we had a, a visit to an agricultural research station for for instance um, networking is actually one of the things that members are, are most interested in rather than uh, right. rather than rather than rather than sometimes people are more interested in networking than they are in in learning and that's uh, and that's fine as well yeah and uh, and then there are and then there are ways to actually participate in the in the in the programs mm -hmm. uh, serve on a to serve on a committee to help select projects to help evaluate projects mm -hmm. those those kind those kinds of things so when when members who are who are contributing and have skin in the game mm -hmm. um, serve on those kinds of of committees it helps to create a level of accountability that might not ex that might not exist other otherwise mm -hmm. if it's if it's totally a staff driven driven process then staff uh, some sometimes just 
do whatever they're told, regardless of whether they think it's a good idea or not. Whereas right. if someone has contributed and they they're they're motivated to make sure that their own contributions are being used in the most effective way. So mm -hmm. they, they might reflect on the work in a in a different way than if they were uh, than than if than if they were uh, an, an, an employee. Right. So that's another that's another way that that's another way that we add value, mm -hmm. both for members and and for the system. I mean, it's it's in our it's in our name. Grow further mm -hmm. is not just about helping crops and livestock a long way away grow grow better. Mm -hmm. um, it's also about uh, growing the impact of your of your donations and about personal growth uh, through participating in the uh, through participating in the in the programs and 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 that participation benefits the system as well as the as well as the the member by um, bringing in uh, different cultural and technical perspectives Mm -hmm. uh, from from different different professional backgrounds, different cultural backgrounds, mm -hmm. um, as well as as well as lowering the cost of the of the programs. Uh, mm -hmm. If uh, a foundation that relies exclusively on on staff and doesn't have any volunteers is likely to have a pretty high cost structure. Mm -hmm. And that high cost structure only allows for a really large projects and then smaller projects can can fall through the cracks. So that's another yeah. way in which we can in which in which we can add value to the to the system through our through our model. Yeah, that's true, because if you have a large staff, um, that means that your overheads are higher and therefore the most of the donations probably go towards salaries and in that yeah it's it's i mean it's difficult for either a government agency or a private foundation to engage volunteers because mm -hmm. there can be there can be conflicts of interest mm -hmm. um but we are a, we are a public charity and if our members are also donors mm -hmm. then engaging them i mean our members are also donors, mm -hmm. so engaging them as as volunteers, they are properly motivated to ensure that their own donations are are effective. So there's mm -hmm. no um, there's in most cases no uh, no conflict of interest there. Mm. Yeah, that's that's actually a really great model. And um, you said that most of the projects that you have have not yet taken place or have you are there any projects that you've done can you tell us of any success stories that you may have experienced so i have um i have personally funded uh some projects as have other folks um associated with with uh with grow further have have personally have personally funded some projects mm -hmm. um so I have I have I have personally funded um, a, a project around protecting crops from from elephants. Mm -hmm. 
and doing so in a way that does not involve expensive fencing right. that actually involves um, raising raising beads mm -hmm. so that's a that's a that's the kind of that's the kind of innovative solution that we would also be interested in at, at grow further mm -hmm. and um, another another example um, that one of our that one of our contractors is is involved in is um, is community is community seed banks mm -hmm. uh, community community seed banks uh, help to preserve agricultural uh, the, the genetic diversity of, of crops mm. and that's useful to both the farmers themselves as well as to the uh, to the broader uh, research system uh, if those genes would be useful for uh, for future breeding so mm. um, so see there's a there's a role for centralized seed banks as well but also for community seed banks where right. the uh where the crops continue to be grown uh in the com in the communities uh as opposed to just uh just uh regrowing them often enough to keep the seeds viable which leads to genetic bottlenecks and yes. doesn't uh it, it, it doesn't uh, adapt them to climate change or other changing conditions or contexts. Mm -hmm. And I have seen a similar project be done regarding seed banks in communities. So finally, I'd like to ask you, how, how long have you been running Growfather? When, when, is the, when did Growfather begin? Uh, so we legally registered in uh 2018 mm -hmm. and um we are very shortly like within a few months going to launch our grant making making programs we mm -hmm. have some other programs like member engagement and and a in a newsletter and other things uh the grant making programs have not have not started yet mm -hmm. but as i said it takes a long time to find the right people for something like this because mm -hmm. uh it requires bringing together scientists people who know about management people who know about marketing mm -hmm. uh it's a it's a new concept to be donating to agricultural research so it takes a little while to figure out how to how to frame it and and market it and and all that mm -hmm. but um we are uh we are very we are very close to uh launching uh, launching our our grant making making programs uh we're, we're talking to some some experts just in, on a daily basis about mm -hmm. how best how best to go about doing this uh it's likely that the next step within a week or two mm -hmm. is going to be to uh solicit some full proposals from a from agricultural scientists to to test out our our system uh, because I, I know as a social scientist that mm -hmm. any kind of survey instrument and a, a grant application counts as a survey instrument right. need, needs pre-testing. Otherwise, it's not otherwise it's not going to work very well. Mm -hmm. So we we want to we want to find a a system that is efficient but also gives us the information that we that we need to select the best the best projects. So 
Um, so we may actually start pre-testing that within a week or two with some with some agricultural scientists who are interested in in pre-applying and and helping us uh, get the get the bugs out of our get the bugs out of our out of our system and uh, hopefully hopefully the first grant actually going out within uh, within a couple of within a couple of months. So that's where we that's where we are right now in terms of the in terms of the grant making programs. Um, in terms of public engagement, we've already got a number of things going. Mm. Uh, there's this and other media coverage. We have our own uh, newsletter, uh, which um, the, the listeners can uh, sign up for on the on the website. That comes out every two weeks, and it right. includes uh, it includes articles about about uh, overlooked ideas in agricultural science around the world as mm -hmm. well as uh, as well as updates on our on our progress as as an as an as an organ as an organization uh, there are there are other ways uh, there are other ways to get involved as as well if if you have specific kinds of expertise so the mm -hmm. the easiest way to get involved is to is to sign up for the newsletter Hmm. Um, uh, you can also you can also apply for for membership to to fully participate in the in the pro in the programs. Um, there are there are specific there are specific roles um, if you if you happen to be the right kind of agricultural scientist um, with a with a good with a good project or an expert peer reviewer. Mm -hmm. um, we have we have an advisory committee and uh, and, a, and a board and uh, uh, staff and contractors and, and 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 so on. So for so for for people with with specific skills and backgrounds, there there might be a variety of other ways to get involved. But the right. easiest way to get involved that would be that would apply to the most people would be uh, subscribing to the newsletter uh, mm -hmm. and we also have uh, social media that you can follow those are those are uh, listed at the at the top of the website Great. and uh, um, and and joining as a and joining as a member great great um so that's all the time that we had for this um do you have any parting shots well, I, I think we're I think we're at an exciting time in the mm -hmm. in the or, in the organization or actually in the in the movement is the is the longer term vision here not just not just building not just building an organization so mm -hmm. we're we're about to we're about we're about um, we're starting to get more and more interest from the media just in the last just in the last few weeks we're about to start our our grant making our grant making programs mm -hmm. uh, demonstrate those then scale those up as an organization um, and then inspire other organizations to do something to do something similar to create um, to create a larger a larger movement and right. a new mechanism for financing uh, the future of food security which which we're going to need I mean the the 
nutrition, uh, farm income are, are long-standing issues, and climate change just makes everything everything more difficult. We have to keep innovating just to keep just to keep up with that. Yeah, and um, it's gonna it's gonna take engagement across a broad swath swath of society, not just a few experts or a few institutions to really create a food secure future for for everyone. So we're we're just at the early stages of of making of making this of making this happen and mm-hmm. um if your if your listeners um w- would like to j- would like to um get in on this at an early stage and mm-hmm. be an early member or a founding member or or something or something like that we would um, we would we would love to hear from them. Yeah, and I will definitely link your website in the show notes at the end so that people can get more information from the website itself. So thank you so much, Peter, for being a part of this podcast and for taking the time to speak to us. And um, um, it's, it's always great to speak to people who are doing innovative things and who are trying to move forward the the food system movement like you said it is a movement so i'm really happy that you know we were able to do this thank you well thank thank you for uh, thank you for having me